The blast from our past network. Hello and welcome to the Blast from Our Past podcast, with the podcast that gives you full-on movie breakdowns, TV show reviews, and more, all from the things of our nostalgic past. I'm John. And I'm Adam. And today we've got another album review for you. We are going to be talking the 1994 album Motorcade of Generosity by the band Cake. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I think it's a band, I don't know, I feel like people know them because they're very unique style. They are very unique style, um, and they had uh, they had a couple of pretty big hits. Mm-hmm. Um, b- both of the ones that I'm thinking of kind of came off of their follow up to this album, which was Fashion Nugget. Yeah, I think I was, think the distance was their biggest hit total. I yeah, absolutely. That's the one that I I still on occasion hear on TV shows and movies still pop mm-hmm. up. People still reference it. Um, their cover of I Will Survive is still pretty fairly well known, especially because yeah. they threw the word fuck in there for fun. Yeah, um, which, which uh, apparently yeah. Gloria, Gloria Gaynor did not like, but <laughs> no. I thought was hilarious. Yes, exactly. But we're not talking that album. We're talking their debut album, their first one, Motorcade of Generosity. Mm-hmm. I don't remember if it was you or me who put this on the schedule. I think it was me. I think it was you as well. And I'm going to say that the reason I probably chose to do this one over Fashion Nugget is because I actually have a memory related specifically to this album. So our mother introduced me, I don't know about you, but I'm just going with my own personal reference. I I wrote down, I believe mom had this album. She did. Um, And I remember she telling me about it because I guess, I don't know if it was NPR, might've been NPR. Um, they did a, uh, a, a a thing where I guess they were talking about new bands and they played this entire album oh. on the radio. And she listened to it. I think she was driving somewhere. She listened to the whole thing. And she just, she thought it was interesting and mm-hmm. different and quirky. And mom always kind of was adventurous in her mm-hmm. music listening, I found to be. I, I think a lot more adventurous than maybe some mothers were. Yeah. Um, and would you know branch out on and I, our mom was very and is a very artistic person mm-hmm. um, when it comes to anything art movies music that sort of thing um, and so she bought the album and I, I remember I think we listened to it in her maybe in her car or at home or somewhere like that but she mentioned that she heard it and so she bought the album and that was how I remember being introduced to cake yeah and I kind of, I mean I do specifically remember motivative generosity um, being the cake album that I remember that I remember the most over Fashion Nugget because mm-hmm. I think it got play at our house, you know, um, on on the stereo system a little bit more than others because that's what mom had. Um, yeah, so I, absolutely, I kind of have a, a very nostalgic memory of this album for sure. Uh, the album was released on February seventh, nineteen ninety four. It was recorded at Puss Cavern Studios in <laughs> Sacramento, California. Although it's Puss is P U S, so I don't know if that means something else. Uh-huh. Um, uh, released on the Capricorn label and was produced by the band itself. So yeah, actually, yeah, it was. Um, it they first recorded and released it, and then Capricorn during the tour. From this is from what I read that the tour uh-huh. they got it re-released later in '95, and that's when like the singles came out. Is when Capricorn really kind of took kind of they kind of took off a little mm-hmm. bit more at, at once once Capricorn got involved. 
Right, of course. Because their Capricorn's going to have the distribution yeah. and all this stuff. And the money to really push the album a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, the band members, uh, from what I understand, the only two members that are left, um, I'll say that at the end. Uh, the band uh, personnel are John McRae on vocals and some guitar, Greg, ba- Greg Brown on guitar, Vince DeFiore on trumpet. Yes, I said trumpet. Yeah. Uh, Victor Damiani on bass and Todd Roper on drums, except on four different tracks where they had a different bassist and a different drummer, Frank French on drums and Gabriel Nelson on bass. And I I think maybe they had a personnel change in the band halfway Mm. through recording the album. Um, I'm not entirely sure, but I think so. And then someone named Hag. (laughs) <laughs> Did some extra background vocals. That's all it says. Hag. Okay. Um, the I think the only two uh, members that are still currently in the band are John McRae and Vince DeFiore, the trumpet player. Trump, okay. Everyone else are well, just hired in and out. That singer and the trumpet are the two like defining sounds, I would say. They kind of are. Yeah. And it's kind of like Offspring, where you still have... Um, uh, Dexter... Oh, God. I can't think of his last name. Yeah. Dexter's the lead singer. Um, and then Noodles, the guitar player. Uh-huh. Those two guys are kind of the defining sound of Offspring, and they're the only original members still in the band. So you kind of it doesn't matter who's in the, who's mm-hmm. doing the other as long as you have those two guys. And I agree, uh, the John McRae's vocal styling and the addition of the trumpet. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you could have another trumpet player, but there's just something about the way this guy plays that really yeah. just speaks to the character. I would say that they actually the guitar it has its own distinct voice on this as well. Um, but it's hard to know what is John McRae and what is Greg Brown mm-hmm. as far as guitar goes. Um, but, yeah, those two definitely make sense. Sure. You got anything else for me, Adam? I had trouble finding stuff for this album. It's <laughs> it's not as well known as Fashion Nugget. I couldn't even find if it, um, you know, if it charted anywhere, like the album mm-hmm. itself. So I have no information on that. Um if you, I can't remember if you mentioned this already, but it was named one of the best indie releases of 1994 by Pulse magazine. Okay. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. And uh, so one thing interesting about Cake, uh, the band came up with the name Cake, but it's not meant to represent the food, Cake. The name is meant to be, this is in quotes, like when something insidiously becomes part of your life. We mean it more as something that cakes onto your shoe or is just sort of there until you get rid of it. That kind of caking, not not the actual okay. food cake. Okay, <laughs> so yeah. that's the the best I got. All right, well let's uh, let's go ahead and uh, jump into this album, and we start off with a song called Comanche. You need to straighten your posture and suck in your gut. You need to pull back your shoulders and tighten your. Right out of the gate, you can tell this is not your average alternative band. Yeah. Very different styles. Very different style. We're getting kind of almost kind of Latin-y, bossa nova feel going on here. That's exactly what I wrote down, yeah. A a kind of sparseness in the recording. It doesn't feel overly produced. It feels pretty raw Mm -hmm. um, a lot uh, throughout most of this album. And just... You know, John McRae's 
it's like in between singing and sing talking. He's singing, yeah. but like it 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 does it just feels different. It almost it almost feels uh beat. Like sixties beat. Uh, like beat yeah. poetry. Like, beat like he's singing beat poetry of some kind. Uh-huh. Okay, I, I like that vibe. Yeah. Cause yes, uh, explaining how he sings it is difficult because when i think like okay he's talking instead of singing that's like okay so kind of like a rap no 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 no, nothing like that because he is there is a singing to it but you're right there is like a just his um the way he kind of enunciates the way that you know he just kind of where he drops words it's it's not the same um and you're right there's immediately a different vibe you get the addition of horn in here as well um yeah it's got like exactly like that bossa nova or island feel or something it's an interesting opener. I think this is actually a pretty good opener for the album because it's immediate like, what the fuck am I into? This is definitely something different. When you're thinking like, you know, they're like an alternative rock band. This is not like in any any alternative rock band you've heard. And so, yeah, I, I yeah. everything you mentioned, I think fits pretty damn well as to start off the album. I'm going to I'm going to music nerd out on you a little bit. Okay. Um, he sings kind of almost in a what's called a recitative style. So in opera. You have two types of songs in opera. You have the aria, which is like a song, and then you have the recitative, which is like oh yeah the rest of it. So like in a musical, in a regular Broadway musical, you have the songs, and then in between you have dialogue. Well, in opera, no one talks; everyone sings. So the recitative is like that dialogue, but it's just sung. So it's a lot of like sort of monotone singing, and it's yeah. not as impressive. I hate them. I honestly, I think that's why I hate <laughs> opera because I'm like. Stop fucking singing. Just give me some dialogue. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so he's kind of he's kind of like in between like he has moments where he's singing that aria style and a lot of times where he's singing that recitative style. So it's it's really that kind of in between. I I do equate it more of sort of that that beat poetry style. Mm-hmm. I think than anything else. I think that's the most that's the closest thing to anything else I can equate it with. But it you are right. It is extremely difficult to explain his singing style without actually <laughs> showing someone what, what you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, so I looked into kind of what this song could be about. Um, and I kind of like what I, what I saw, I thought it was one is particularly interesting. Who knows? This is a quote from somebody on um, the song meetings.com is typically where I go to. It says, who mm-hmm. knows with all their songs, it's hard to tell if they're being serious, ironic, political, or just <laughs> messing with you. And like, that is the kind <laughs> of style that they have is, are they trying to tell a story or are they just fucking with you? Um, right. And the song, you know, what it sounds like that it could be about. So it's about Com- Comanche and the Comanche people um, were a group. This It could be like this song is like almost a joke as if the early settlers are telling the Comanche people how to dress and act, um, you know, like, you know, suck in your tighten your posture and suck in your gut and you act and dress like this. And um, but I don't know. It, it's who knows <laughs> it's kind of i'm gonna kind of have some of that mentioned stuff but it's also who the fuck knows because cake they're a weird band they are a weird band uh okay let's go ahead and move on to our next song which is called ruby sees all don't you think that she would realize yeah Slow when the waves retire to the darkness below. I know, I know, this season. Oh, oh. Whoa, I know. 
So I really like this song. Yeah, this is probably one of my favorites on the album. Yeah. Um, it's got a fun kind of dancey feel to it. His singing style is a little bit more what we're used to, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In this. Um, I wonder if this has to do with... So most of the songs uh, were written by John McRae. Um, a few of them were written by him with Greg Brown, the guitar player. This one, however, was him and a guy named Jim Campolongo. Uh, okay. Campolongo. Jim Campolongo is, we would know him, and this is going to be a deep cut that I think only us know. He is known as being the guitar player for the Little Willies, which was the the Roots band that Nora Jones was in in the early two oh, thousands. Okay. Yeah, um, I don't know about you. I had I have a CD that Dad gave us because he really liked uh, the Little Willies. I'm pretty sure he gave all of us okay a copy of that CD. Gotcha. Um, it's a great CD, and it's kind of like Roots musicy a little bit. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they still. Uh, Go around, but the uh, Jim is also like a he's a New York guitarist mostly. He's I think he's like a session player and does a lot of uh-huh. um, uh, stuff like that. So I don't, I'm not sure where they met, but they co-wrote this song together. Nice. I mean, there's I, I like the the guitar part that it starts off with, and then everyone mm-hmm. kind of joins in. Um, it's catchy. Yeah, though there this is definitely a much more of a poppy kind of song than Comanche, and even some more other ones than than in the rest of the album. Right. Um, but yeah, like this one, this one definitely is a top level song for me. Uh, kind of looking into the lyrics, um, it's kind of I think that Ruby's Ruby's boyfriend is cheating on her, and you can kind of see in some of these lines that uh, do you think she's swimming in your lies? This is like this whoever the so like the narrator is someone talking to the boyfriend of Ruby. Uh, do you uh-huh. think that she would realize? And also thus, um, you know, that she's heading for the storm, and Ruby sees all that. Eventually, Ruby is going to. Catch you eventually. Ruby's gonna see see right through you and that kind of shit. So that's my guess. That's what I'm kind of seeing. Okay. So yeah. that's cool. Yeah, definitely. I agree with you. Probably, ugh, probably my one of my top two or three. Yeah, I, it's the, between it's this one and one other one that comes later that is like are my two favorites. Yeah, I can totally see that. Uh, all right, well let's go ahead and move on to the next one called "Up So Close." Up so close. I never get to see your face Microscope I might as well be out in space Up so close I never get to see the view Down your throat I'm never sure if it's still I do like that we kind of return to that kind of Latin bossa flavor because I don't yeah. I think I don't think we re- really return again after this one in Comanche, mm-hmm. and this song is okay, but it made me laugh because I I didn't I hadn't really listened to the lyrics before. <laughs> you figure it out, and, then, and I'm like and the whole time I'm like, is he talking about cunnilingus? Yes, he is, John. <laughs> Definitely talking about cunnilingus. Uh, yeah, up so close. As you are, yeah, way down south. Um, I never get to see your face. And he also says the line, I put my face down in, in the cake. Yeah, he's talking about that. Yeah. <laughs> Conolingus. <laughs> but yeah, I agree. It's um interesting again, they kind of go back, yeah, to that Bossa Nova feel. Um and it worked. I mean the song works, it's okay. It's not a favorite one, but right. I don't I don't feel the need to skip it. No. Yeah. And like 
they do have it's weird they have a consistent sound but they their style kind of changes like yeah. in variations minutely from song to song and i call that out on the next one that we'll talk about but yes it, you immediately i do feel like i that's one thing i like about this album is there's enough little tweaks that the i'm getting just enough variation in their stylings yeah yeah all right well let's let's move on to that next one uh which is called pentagram your pentagram is down below our floor Your naked body shimmers in the night Dancing and chanting a sacrificial rite Your feet are dry with the ashes from dead babies Who have passed the test just like all the rest But never really understood the reasons why they took it in the first place I actually really like this song mm-hmm. because it's it's a fun change and it's fucking weird, dude. <laughs> yeah, it's funky. It's got, it's got what? Uh, it's almost like a maybe bluegrassy or country kind of feel to it or yeah, something. Yeah, it's, it's got that kind of like con- almost like country, maybe country swing yeah. feel. You got the, the kind of the train sound mm-hmm. um, of uh, the thing is, is like I it, there's that train sound of like the snare drum in the back, but it blend it's blended in with the guitar where you almost can't hear it. It almost feels like the guitar is the one carrying uh, the rhythm, and then you kind of start to hear the snare drum, and then the rest of the drum set kicks in about halfway through the song. It's a short song, so about two minutes, 19 seconds. Um, but it's weird, because you get the line about uh, the ashes of dead babies, <laughs> yes. which doesn't really rhyme with the other part that goes with it, because you're expecting maybe something else. I'm like, okay, the ashes of, and he says dead babies, and you're like, what the fuck is going on? Um, and it's like it's it's about a, literally like about a sacrificial rite, which he kind of mentions in the song. Yep. But it's funny. I don't know. It's funny to me, and and so especially paired with that sort of country swing sound, mm-hmm. it just it makes it a fun song to listen to. It is. It is. It's it's comical. This is a comical one. Um, I mean, yeah. Put into like a, it's almost a happy poppy bluegrassy swing feel, as you say. Yeah. But yeah, he's talking about pentagrams, naked sacrificial rites, ashes of dead babies, evil eyes. Um, all this other stuff that kind of obviously has associations with um, Satanism and and, right. and doing sacrifices. <laughs> but then he's also got the lines of like, you know, this isn't even what I came here for the first place. Um, so it's like either this guy, whoever this narrator is, got swept into <laughs> right. whatever the hell's happening or he has kind of been part of it and just kind of been like a lemming and kind of been pulled aside and like they're they're doing shit that he didn't even really. I didn't sign up for this man kind of right. thing. And it's just it is just kind of funny how it all kind of plays together. Yeah, and I think the the two things that I kind of already mentioned I think work for the song are, one, it's a, not a style you expect. Mm-hmm. If they tried to make it more like an alternative rock song, I don't think, because then it would it would almost come out as being like too serious. Yeah. And the fact that they kept it short. I think if they tried to make it way too long, then it, the novelty would wear out way too fast. But just yeah. over two minutes, it's just long enough for do you enjoy it and then move on. And for... Most of their songs, they usually do seem to keep it like under that 330 mark or something like mm-hmm. that. There are a couple of them that go a little longer, but they know to keep it a nice tight uh, song, which is I, I appreciate. Yeah, especially absolutely. for their style, because, yes, if, it, if it's if it's too quirky and too long, then it's like, eh, this is not working for me anymore. Yeah, exactly. Uh, OK, well, we went from one end of the spectrum to kind of to the other one for a song that's over five minutes long uh, called Jolene. Jolene smoothed her dark hair in the mirror 
She folded the towel carefully and put it back in place. Yeah, I want to pull you down into bed. dislike the song it's kind of like i'm kind of torn between it being kind of middle of the road and really kind of liking it Mm -hmm. i don't think there's anything overly special about the song i think it's just a a good filler song it maybe runs a little long but it definitely runs a little long Mm -hmm. for me but if they tighten there's some things that they had on there that was just a little a little Un, it didn't make sense as to why they they had some of these extra quirky like they had like a fake op start to it and then they start right. things and some other little things that um you know kind of go wild by the end but I actually I really like this song if they and if they tightened it up to probably more like a four minute or under song yeah it would it would probably fight for my top spots of the, of okay. the album um, okay. but I actually I really like the actual feel of it I think it's got mm-hmm. a good opener other than like that fake opening stuff but I I think it's, it's very solid it just it just needs some editing. Um, yeah. But but overall, I, I thought it had a good, almost like a funk element on this one because they, they do that. I mean, I did not doing it perfectly, but right. there, again, another little change up in the variations of the style that I appreciated. And then he by the end of it, he's like, he's like screaming and going crazy and gotten like emotion kind of by the end of the song. And I like that. Right. I, there was something about this one I really did. I really did enjoy. What I do kind of like is they're using i can't tell exactly they're easing either using like an uh, what sounds like an old acoustic guitar or an electric guitar where they're miking it like at a weird distance uh. and with like a weird setting cuz it sounds like it's 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 far away but it, like it almost feels like they're trying to play like heavy like power chord stuff on a more natural sounding thing which gets it a very distinct sound mm mm-hmm. Because it sounds like a lot of guitar players, like, for the longest time, all I ever had was an acoustic guitar. Yeah. So any song I wanted to learn how to play, I had to play on acoustic guitar, which sounds interesting when you're trying to play, like, metal or hard Mm. rock or grunge on an acoustic guitar. And I got that same kind of feel, where it felt, again, like, oh, this was back when all I had was that one thing, Mm -hmm. you know, and, you know, or, like, like, on some cheap guitar or something like that. What I appreciate... That dis- kind of distinctness mm-hmm. uh, in in the sound. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, uh, let's move on to the next one, which is called "Haze of Love." It's four o'clock in the morning, or maybe it's five. I have not listened to this album in actually probably a long time, but as soon as this one started, I had immediately brought back to me. This must have been one that 
that um, I just picked out of when mom played the whole album. Mm-hmm. What I do like about it is if you take if you take uh, John McRae out mm-hmm. and just listen to what's going on in the background, it actually to me sounds very sixties. Okay. Uh, it sounds almost Beatles like, yeah. and actually the way it's recorded sounds like it came out of the sixties. So, like, if you take that part out, I could totally see this as a Beatles song. Hmm. Um, if if you just took this background part and gave it to John or Paul and had them write words over, I I would not question it one bit. The haze of, and I definitely remembered haze of love. I actually really kind of dig this one. It was one where, like, at the beginning, I'm like, oh, I'm not sure I really like it, and then the more and more I listen to it, the more I'm like, oh, I I, I kind of like <laughs> it. I I I don't, you know, I I'm not gonna put yeah. it like way up top with uh, Ruby sees all, but. I kind of had a fun time listening to this one again. Okay, and where you were at with Julian is kind of where I'm at with Hazel. It's it's an okay song. I kind of put okay. it throwing like the the middle, maybe even like slightly lower middle. Um, but I, I mean, it's so I don't mind it at all. Right. Um, I think it's totally very listenable. Obviously, yeah, the haze of love, the love is kind of almost blinding, especially at the beginning. You know, with their relationship, this person can tell the in the song you listen to the lyrics, you can tell this other person isn't right for him. Um, and he's eventually making that realization and it's cutting through the haze of love that, oh, I'm, I'm don't have that, just that blind adoration for that person. Um, so yeah, but it's good. It's a good enough song for me. Okay, cool. All right. Well, let's move on to the next one. You part the waters. You part the waters. The same ones that I'm drowning in. Slaughters, and I'm the one who helps you win. You've got your grand piano. You don't even I don't know if I really like the song. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's another kind of lower one, lower tier for me. Nothing too special. Not not one of their their best ones on the album. Um, I mean, it, it, you can tell looking through the lyrics. I can tell this one's about kind of classism and capitalism. Where it's like, okay, you've got your grand piano um, and all the upper class having all the things you know that they'll never use. But it's like, but you don't even play piano. I'm the one that plays piano. He's like, yeah, but you can't afford the piano. The upper right. class and complaining about it and. Um, you know the work. Oh, also the working class being looked down upon a little bit. Um, yeah. So I mean, it's got a nice little interesting political message to it. But the song itself, it's not gripping. It's not catchy. It has a weird strings element in the like middle of the song yeah, that I that I hate. Part, it took me out of it. <laughs> it did. It took me out of it too. So yeah. So this one, uh, it's a not to say it's a necessarily a skip, but yeah. It it has it has two two things that I will point out that I do kind of like one. It has a little bit more of kind of a bluesy okay. uh, feel to it, and then immediately when he when he was going, it kind of it kind of almost took me to the uh, the Talking Head song, "Take Me to the Water," "Take Me yeah. to the Water." Yeah, yeah you Boom. part the water. He does. Yeah, he does say it very similarly. He does it. Yeah, and so immediately I'm like, oh, I wonder if that's like what they were homaging or whatever here, or yeah. if he just like flat out stole it. I mean, that's also <laughs> that's not awesome. without the wrong, but not not you know out of the realm of possibility. Um, but like overall, like I don't. This is definitely not one I don't think I'm gonna like ever like pick out to to yeah. listen to again. Yep, agree. 
Uh, all right, well, let's go ahead and move on to the next one called Is This Love? That I've been dying all day long And singing sad, sad songs And wishing you were gone Is this love? Oh, is this love? At this point, I'm kind of getting, not sick of, but I'm kind of getting sick of, like, the same intro every time. Uh, it is kind very, of guitar. Yeah. Like, we're starting, okay, now I'm starting to notice, all right, I'm getting the same kind of intro. I do, as a bass player, really enjoy the bass part here. It they, moves. They kind of turned up the volume on the bass on this song. Well, I think they realized that that was the most interesting part of what uh-huh. was going on back there. Like, all right, well, let's put yeah. this one front and center. Um, I like the trumpet part of this. The boom. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. Cool stuff. There's cool stuff happening in this song. Um I and at this point I'm I'm already used to McCrae's voice, so I don't think there's anything spectacular going on there. But it's it again, it all still works. Yep. I don't think there's I I'm not I'm I'll go ahead and say I don't think there's any song in this album that if you liked one makes anything else unlistenable. Or if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Like everything, if you at least enjoy what you're hearing so far, you should be able to listen to every song. There's nothing in this album, I think, off the top of my head, uh, trying to think ahead to the rest of them, that's going to be like, oh, totally skip this one. Yeah, yeah, there's no um, insta-skips. No. I agree. Um, if you're not liking the sound you're hearing, you're not going to like the rest of them anyway, so. <laughs> yeah, but I actually I feel very so. I, I, I did like this song better than the past couple two songs, mm-hmm. but it's still... You know, I actually maybe there is a little bit of this their 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 style fatigue, like they are mixing up things enough. But I I, I totally get what you mean. It's like okay, you, you're having a formula, and I'm kind of seeing that. I still I like it on this song. It works pretty well. The the bass being cranked up looks good. The trumpet, yeah, works really well in this one. Um, it even ends with like a, there's almost like a sitar in this song or something. I don't know mm-hmm. something like that, or at least a feel. But yeah, yeah I mean this song is. Um, I'd say it's one of their middle to slightly upper middle of the pack for me on this album, mm-hmm. uh, but it's 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 decent. But yeah, I'm I'm getting the vibe. And and I'm gonna reiterate the same thing that I said on the on our Limp Biscuit one, in that this is their first album. So a lot of times, like mm-hmm. having that sort of style fatigue, they kind of have to get a pass almost because gotcha. they're still figuring out their sound. Yeah, you know, they're still they're still working on. And and you can you can move on to Fashion Nugget and still hear Cake. But a little bit evolved. And then you move on to, I forget what the next one is, but I think the single that came off of that was like Long Skirt and Short Jacket. Yeah, you're right. Oh, yes, yes. I like that album, too. And uh, so there's, you know, there's Comfort there's Eagle. always room for growth. What's that? Comfort Eagle? I think Comfort Eagle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that one. So I, I kind of have to kind of forgive him because, one, we have established that, you know, these songs are best in shorter spurts. Mm-hmm. And to f- have a full album, you got to have more songs to fill that yeah. You need like 40, 40 to fifty minutes for a real full album. Yeah. I mean, Green Day did it within like thirty minutes with with Dookie, but and that is still one of my favorite albums, it, probably of ab- all time. Absolutely, <laughs> but you you know, I I understand like okay, we need to we need to have enough stuff in here to make this album worth it. Yeah, sure. Uh, all right, well, let's move on to the next one, which I think has my favorite uh, title in the rest of them, which sure. is 
Jesus, Jesus wrote a blank check. Well, if I had to choose a number, I'd want it to be number one. out of the gate i appreciate that we went we, the style change we went back to that back. kind of country sound yeah. um which is cool because they're 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 showing us that like they'll have a couple of songs in similar styles but it's not like everything mm-hmm. so like we've had that couple in that kind of bossa nova latin style we're having a couple now in that kind of country kind of i, I would call it like chicken picking yeah okay uh, style i like that and it, but they've spaced at least with the with those they've spaced it out enough that you forgot that it happened and then it comes back and like oh yeah they didn't know one like this but it fits it still works mm-hmm. with their style but yeah. it, it I think if they if they did it all the time then it would just would muddle things up but I, I it it works here I don't think there's anything that overly grabbed me in the song other than the style change but it was a fun listen yeah the song probably ends up being one of my least favorite on the albums but again okay. not unlistenable. Right. Um, the style change helped absolutely as you're going through all of it. It's kind of a quirky, quirky song. What the hell does Jesus wrote a blank check mean from looking into the lyrics and whatnot? It's, it's some kind of call out on either religion or possibly that Jesus wrote humanity a big blank check by basically absolving everybody of all their sins and, you know, mm-hmm. dying for everybody's sins. And, you know, what is everybody doing for that? Not really much, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> you know, what are we doing, you know, for, uh, you know, for for getting this frank blank check given to us, it's eh, still still the sins. We're still just yeah. doing whatever the fuck we want. Like right. that, I don't know. I don't know if that's part of it, but whatever. Um, quirky. It fits with cake. Yeah, the song itself kind of lower for me. But again, there's not much on this album that's that's you need to skip. Could you skip? Yes, but you don't really need to. And right. in this one, yeah, it's kind of totally fine. Cool. Uh, all right, let's move on to the next one, which. Um, was their first single released out of this one, and honestly, the only one off this album I remember getting any kind of airplay. Yeah, uh, on the radio, uh, and that is "Rock and Roll Lifestyle." Tax bracket now tickets to concerts and drinking at clubs sometimes for music that you haven't even heard of. And how much did you pay for your rock and roll T-shirt that proves you were there, that you heard of them first? Now, how do you afford your rock and roll lifestyle? How do you afford your rock and roll lifestyle? How do you afford your rock and roll lifestyle? This one, I think, is probably the most well-known mm-hmm. off this album. Um, this one really screams sort of beat dick poetry vibes, he, I think, more than singing, any of yeah. them. Yeah. He's singing less on this song than pretty much any of the other ones. Yeah. But on top of that, you've got this uh, very simple sort of bone, bone, which like I could totally see them like doing this like on a stage mm-hmm. and uh, John McRae smoking a cigarette in a uh, black turtleneck. Yeah. Um, but then like... You get, and I, I used the term before, but this is this really applies to the guitar part. This one, that sort of chicken picket, it gets really busy all mm-hmm. of a sudden, but it still kind of works. Yeah, it's still one I like, uh, and still one I've 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 picked out. Going back at it now, I actually might put Ruby Sees All above this song. 
personally, but I think kind of the nostalgia of this song actually really still elevates it for me. There's yeah, there is a um some kind of fun thing with this song that just it has it even has a slightly you're right the way he's t- singing a little bit different. It just has even another little tweak of that style. Um, I would probably put it third favorite, and I'm going to say okay. probably Ruby sees all, then Jolene, then this one for me. Okay, it hit number thirty one on the modern rock charts. Um, yeah, it's it's a fun song. I obviously, you know, I think it's got elements of uh, talking about the hypocrisy of people in their rock and roll lifestyles. Probably, I bet it's like you know, we're as a band working independently. They're seeing right. all these other people who like live that rock and roll lifestyle, but like they can't afford it. They're fucking poor and do this stuff, but they buy in excess. They live in excess. Um, and, you know, but they say, fuck it. They're living out there. And but even so, the people who can who can live the rock and roll lifestyle are just basically living for the man. And they're drinking the water. You drink the water like that. Or no, that was a different song. Sorry. Right. Um, they're drinking. Sorry. They're drinking what they're selling. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're, uh, you know, it, it's there's there's definitely some interesting things that they've either I think some hypocrisy they've seen in the music industry that deals with this song, but the song itself has got a heft load of cork to it. Um, that when you hear this one on the radio compared to other alternative rock songs or modern rock, rock stuff, you're like, you have to stop and be like, what the hell was that? And so, yeah, it's very interesting. Uh, all right, well, let's go ahead and move on to the next one, which is a song that makes me laugh every time I hear it. And I'll tell you why in a minute. Uh, and it's called I bombed Korea. I bombed Korea every night Ah, I bombed Korea every night Red flowers bursting down below us Those people didn't even know us We didn't know if we would live or die So interesting about this, uh, in 2005, uh, the song was translated into Hebrew and performed by Ziv Ten under the title Beirut, and they replaced Korea with the word oh. Lebanon. Okay. Uh, in, uh, uh, and it was included on a film stra- film soundtrack called Waltz with Bashir. <laughs> okay. Which is an Israeli adult animated war documentary film. <laughs> so... Um, but the reason in it's, it's, there's some fairly, not graphic, but some mm-hmm. vibrant imagery in the song. The reason this song makes me laugh is because when I first heard it, mom told me this song makes me think of taking a shit. <laughs> mom said that? <laughs> yeah. She That's imagines she- that the singer is sitting on the toilet going, I bombed Korea every night. Interesting. <laughs> I mean, I looked at the lyrics. I'm pretty sure it's a, a perspective of someone who was in the Korean War. Right. <laughs> Not about shitting, Mom. Wow, keep it classy. Uh, but the song is, is definitely different. I mean, I like it okay, but it's probably lower tier on the album for me. Yeah, it helps that it's only two minutes. Yeah, yeah, it goes quick. Um, but yeah, I can't I can't listen to the song without thinking of it. That's of course not. <laughs> Very interesting take. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the next one uh, called Mr. Mastodon Farm. Last second curves for flight. It's almost as if my life would fall unless- 
very much back into the kind of beatnik poetry vibe with this one like even more so i think than rock and roll lifestyle to the point Mm -hmm. where it feels like he's not actually even singing he's just kind of like sing-songy talking at best yeah, it, it reminded me honestly a little bit of like you know there are times that the Albuquerque song from Weird Al, right? Is, you got yours, just he's just telling us some kind of story. Literally, he's talking us through a story, and there right. happens to be music behind him. Right. Um, I do actually like the chorus in this one. That's that to me. That's the standout moment. I actually yeah. don't almost don't care, and I would say not almost. I don't really care for the verse part, but the right. chorus is good. Yeah, it's very good. It's very catchy, and I like yeah. the the background kind of yeah, that's going on. Yeah. It sounds different than anything we've heard before. But everything else, first of all, the song's way too long. Five and yep. a half minutes, way too long. Yeah, the the talky verse part, not that it takes me out because it still feels like cake, but it's just, just, just too much. Yeah, and for me, I guess where I'm going to point out, because not to be hypocritical where I love, I agree this song's too long. I don't think something like Albuquerque is too long, um, even though they have like the similar kind of you're talking through vibe. There's a story with Albuquerque that you're right. following. I don't, I'm not, whatever he's saying, I'm not following it as much. It's right. not working as a story as yeah. much. So I'm like, I'm losing interest quicker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If they can't keep you engaged all the way to the end, then. Yeah. Yeah. I totally, totally understand that. But yeah, I I don't mind going back and listening to it just because I like singing along with the chorus. Yeah, exactly. You get to that point. And I, honestly, I didn't remember this song until the chorus came in. I was like, oh yeah. Now I never remember why I like this. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, all right, and that brings us to the last song on the album called Ain't No Good. She's gonna hand you a red-headed Gabriel Coming from the bar in a plastic tie He's gonna swing from the tree of life He's gonna try to sell you on a great big lie But when you speak to her, her eyes light up The music spills right into your cup the minstrels play and the waitress brings ice There are pies on a carousel, half a slice But watch out, she ain't no good for you My initial thought is Mr. Mastodon Farm would have made a better final song Uh-huh Because it's longer and sometimes those, those longer songs work best at the end um, This one I feel like is a filler that should have been put somewhere in the middle yeah. Um it's an okay song. I, there really nothing grabbed me out of this this one really. I you know I I I like that assessment quite a bit. I think absolutely that would have helped both Mastodon Farm and Ain't No Good. Weirdly, this is the only song I don't really remember. I don't either. I, I don't know what it is. Like all the other ones, I listen to it, I have memories of hearing that song and that tune. This one came on and there was just nothing. Now did Mr. Mastodon Farm in my head just same like what you said? Oh, that's just the end of the album. And I kind of mentally did it. Or did we not listen to this one for some reason? Right. Or whatever it was, this song did not stick with me like the others. Yeah. Um, and you're right. It's okay. It's fine. I don't love it. I don't hate it. It's 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 fine. And it was it is a much better filler than it is an ender. Yeah. It definitely throw this one somewhere in the middle, put Mastodon Farm at the end. And I feel like that it's going to, I don't know, to me, it would feel more final. Yeah. That way. Yep. Uh, all right, Adam, overall thoughts on Motorcade of Generosity. Yeah, it was fun to go back and listen to this kind of quirky band and interesting album that I remember, you know, being part of us, um, you know, part of our childhood. Some songs I definitely like better than others. And for me, yeah, it's those Ruby, Ruby Sees All, Jolene, and Rock and Roll Lifestyle, which is funny, is the three songs that they chose as singles mm-hmm. um, to put out. 
Um, I don't think this album is for everybody. I don't think this band is for everybody. Mm -hmm. But I ultimately enjoyed listening to it and kind of, you know, going back and being like, okay, yeah, I remember this stuff. I remember this artistic, funky style. Um, And I think it's worth a checkout, you know? Like maybe, you know, maybe for people who who even haven't heard much stuff on Cake or only know the single stuff. Right. Like they're... Their, their only single that actually did anything, you know, is good, but there's other stuff that we liked even better. Yeah. So um, I think it's worth it. You know, if you have if you have a little sense of humor, I'd say it's really worth your time because, <laughs> I mean, coming coming in with a little sense of humor and being like, OK, I can listen to this and, you know, kind of just kind of, deve- you know, you know, be enveloped in that. I think it works well. So, yeah, I I thoroughly did enjoy going back and listening to Motorcade of Generosity. Mm hmm. I I'm largely just gonna agree with you. Um, I if you liked their singles when they came out and maybe you didn't explore anymore, it's worth going back and and taking a listen one, listen to this one. Nothing as we said. I don't think anything is unlistenable uh, in the album. Um, mm-hmm. There's a few songs that I think we maybe just run too long, but nothing that is you know inherently unlistenable. Um, and yeah, if if you if you didn't like how quirky cake was you're probably not going to like listening yeah. to any of the other stuff so um if you if you feel like you're open-minded um in you know what in the days uh in today's society where it's much uh easier and more legal to go get some marijuana maybe get high before you listen to this yeah. album yeah i didn't think about that but i could see that first people who partake in that yeah i bet they would enjoy it yeah so i i think it's definitely worth uh it's, and you know maybe if you were the person who only got fashion nugget because you got that mm. Go mm-hmm. back and listen to it. It's worth hearing where that comes from and, and hearing the development of the band. So overall it was a fun re listen. You know, not yeah. not not any kind of earth shaking album, but fun to go back and listen to. Alright, and that was our review of Motorcade of Generosity by Cake. Please join us next time as we start getting into the Christmas spirit by breaking down the 1984 film Gremlins, discussing the TV show Bobby's World, and recasting Gremlins using actors of today. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us at blastfromourpast at gmail.com. And if you want to suggest a movie or TV show from your childhood or to be a guest on the podcast, go over to patreon.com backslash blastpastcast and pick a tier that works for you. To find us on social media, search for at blastpastcast. So until next time, I'm John. And I'm Adam. And thanks for joining us. See you next time. Hey, everybody. I'm Tim. And I'm Dean. And we're the hosts of Talking Back. We're a retro-based podcast covering movies, comics, video games, and more. Check us out every Monday where we hit the rewind button and dig into some of our favorite content from the past. We like to keep things fun, lighthearted, and informative. Do you feel like you need more nostalgia in your life? Then check out Talking Back. We're available everywhere podcasts are found.